Hello, and welcome to a wonderful episode of First Frames First. My name is Adrain Constatin. And on my left <laughs> is the usually never silent, but today I'm feeling a bit sick and sorry for myself, Jason Grun. And to my right is the indomitable Mike Lindsay who we're going to get to know a little bit better in this episode as an author, as a, a, a helper, on, a general helper on set, and aspiring filmmaker himself, um, and all-round nice guy. Who are we? Nobody's. Speak for yourself. Okay. We're Canadian filmmakers with the dream of surviving financially on the backs of our films. Welcome to our show where we bring people along on our film journey. Maybe we can learn a thing or two. Maybe we can teach people a thing or two while drinking beers. I mean, if you can't drink beers while filmmaking, what's the point? We are Fable Forest Films, failing our way to success. Welcome to Jurassic Park. I mean, our show. First frames first. Appreciate hey, Mike. We, uh, um, <clears throat> a couple episodes ago, I can't remember how many, but we had uh, Dan on, mm -hmm. who created the Kitchener yeah, Dan Waterloo McLeod. Film yeah. Festival. Yeah, he's a good friend. And uh, we were talking about the Mazurkovich Awards. We've also had Mazur Mike Mazurkovich on, on the show. Yeah. And um, you were given a Mazurkovich Award. I was. It was totally blindsided. Big surprise. Didn't, yeah, didn't see it coming. Didn't see it coming. No, no one ever sees Mazurkovich coming. No, <laughs> and uh... <laughs> but well, what, let's talk what, about the award. Let's talk about the award. <laughs> what was the award for? Putting you on the spot. Uh, the award was uh, basically being a helper in the community, being uh, willing to participate. I don't I can't remember the the title they used for the award, um, but just when I. When if there's a project and I can help on it, I jump on it and do whatever needs to be done, basically. So and they decided I had done it enough that they wanted to thank me for it. So this is amazing. Okay, it's not an exciting story, but all right, that's, that's the that's the beginning of our show. Okay, now we're gonna do the legit show now. Okay, I don't know. I always try to find a good place to oh to cut into the intro. Yeah. All right. So Mike, um, now one of the most fascinating things we went to I. I I found myself at Mike's Buck and Doe, and that is, for anyone who's not from this particular part in, in Canada, it's where you have sort of a party that is to raise money for your wedding. Mm -hmm. So everybody comes and they have beers and they play games, and it's kind of like a fundraiser to just help the new, the new couple that's getting married. Yeah, pretty much. And one of the prizes was a, a three set of books. Was That's it right. yep. by your dad? Mm -hmm. It was your, your father. And I was just like astounded when I saw this. So can you just talk a little bit about that history in your family and your own, what you're hoping, what you're working towards a little bit with regards to writing? Yeah, starting with uh, with my dad's books. He uh, he was not, a, not an author growing up. He worked in retail and uh, food industry and things like that. And when he retired, he... Uh, he actually had a, a personal chef business for 10 years or so before mm -hmm. he retired. Mm -hmm. uh, but he always enjoyed mystery novels, reading. He's a big reader. And I guess he wanted to write a, a novel, so he's been plugging away at it for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, the first one. And he managed to, when he retired, he got the time to 
to actually write it all up and make a real real novel out of it. So he's at this point he's published three uh, mystery novels. They're uh, cozies is the classification. So it's mm-hmm. not it's not like a thriller where it's high action and heavy sex and violence. Uh, it's a little more laid back. There's still a mystery element. It's murder mystery, mm-hmm. but it's not overly violent and, and like jarring. Yeah. Murder she wrote. Kind of stuff, yeah. Oh, so it's excellent. It's a fun, easy read and he's he's had a lot of good times with it and this seeing him make that happen has kind of inspired me to do it myself and mm-hmm. I've been in writing little bits and things here and there for years and never tried to put anything together but now i'm trying to do my own novel so. nice i think that uh see i didn't see those i put it i put a couple tickets tickets in for to see if i could win them yeah this was my goal um, well, if i had won them you'd I'm see i'm pretty sure we can get them mike you i can let us know yeah, i have a connection I yeah because well, <laughs> i'll tell you i'll tell you this this kind of story is right up ann's alley she loves yeah murder she wrote yeah, yeah. and agatha christie and yeah. all these guys. And it's making a comeback right now. Mm-hmm. The murder mystery is making a comeback. Yep. We also have a murder mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Murder <laughs> mystery ish. Yeah. Um, so Mike, just um how did you start to get into film in general? What like where where did this kind of uh, interest begin? A probably like grade school essentially. I did some drama clubs and when i was in high school i did a play i think almost every year maybe i missed one year Mm -hmm. the school play because i was doing other things but i've done acting Uh, you know there's small roles in in school plays uh and it always i always enjoyed it um and then after i graduated i didn't follow through on anything i got a day job and joined the real world and gave up on i don't know if i gave up on it or if i just didn't do it but uh, a few years ago, um, we ran into one of my wife's old friends, Dan McLeod, actually. Okay. Um, out one evening, and they reconnected, and she introduced me to him, and he asked me to come along to a shoot that he was doing. He was looking for people to be in a little short video he was making, and I signed up and uh, enjoyed it, and got back into it. So basically, I'm starting from scratch again, trying to... Learn everything I the can. Love was rekindled. Yeah, yeah. If I can find a play casting that I can be a tree or a shrub and just build from that, and <laughs> little by little baby steps, totally. and you can grow yeah. from it's, that little shrub. It exactly. is a lot of fun into a beautiful tree. It's yeah. a lot of fun to find because if you're if you don't care, then you can be part of everybody's thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? You're like, yeah, I'll come and be the guy that sits in a van. Yeah, and the thing is that it, it's funny, but like you. It, with any film project you really need those people mm-hmm. yeah. to fill the gaps right because you you always think about the people who are going to be you know like oh the camera and the person that's right in front of the camera but all the people all the other people yeah. that you require to do that it's it's significant it's mm-hmm. not nothing well we even talked about that big uh i think we talked about the christmas movie i was in right mm-hmm. the big set or whatever mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they needed that 50th extra yeah, it's required, right? So even on a big set, all the background people are really important because it just doesn't look like a street exactly. unless there's people walking. It just That's doesn't right. look like an airport unless there's people milling about. And you know, I think that background folks, uh, you know, and helpers get the like raw end of the stick sometimes. 
Uh, yeah. But I don't think that they get the raw end of the stick to the people that understand what it takes to actually make these things happen. Yeah, it, it's a part of the the whole thing. It's everything. Mm. It's one of the pieces that makes it work. Yeah. Yeah. I, so for Shifted, Lindsay came out, and we we would call him Lindsay because we had other mics on set. So at least at least three at a time. Yeah, yeah three mics were there. <laughs> So, and it, it was, it was Mike Wirtz, Mike Melko, and Mike Lindsay. And Mazurkovich, so four. And Mike Mazurkovich, so, so there was a lot of mics. Far too many. So we would call you Lindsay. Yeah. And um, yeah, you came out and helped, helped on Shifted, which was just a huge, we didn't have, it was Mike Melko who was like, do you mind if, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like. I want to bring a buddy. I want to bring a guy. Yeah. And uh, we were like, yeah, sure. But it was like invaluable. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Like you're the the person, a person that comes and really does help is worth their weight in gold mm. on a film set. Like yeah, someone who's that. who's who's in there to to help. It's like, what do you need? You're like, do you know what I need? I need this weird thing that you would never be asked to do anywhere else. But someone who's just willing to be there, worth your weight in gold, hundred percent. We uh, and kind of knowing what to do. Also, yeah. mm-hmm. like I had been on sets a little bit, so I knew I knew a little bit. I'm still really green, but right. I could at least have but an idea e- of what was necessary. Even though you were green, you're like, oh yeah, I know how to set up these tripods yeah. and put this thing on this thing. Maybe you're gonna set it up because this is kind of what I do too. I set things up, and mm-hmm. then Adrian's like, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I would you know, put whatever. the lights together, and then Malco would fine tune them the way he wanted them for the right. shot. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. It was cool. Um, Lexington was. Uh, uh, on a set recently, uh, my youngest, and he, uh, after the shoot was over, uh, one of the fight choreographer guys sent me a Facebook, and he said, you know, I just want to let you know that it was really cool having Lex on set. You could tell that he had been on sets before, because when other people were goofing off, he was just watching, listening, get being ready, yeah. you know, just waiting, um, and knew what to do. Perfect. Right? So mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty cool. And nice. Uh, having a little bit of experience is golden. Yeah. Yeah. So how many small projects in the last couple of years would you say you've been involved with? Oh, dozens. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I've, wow. I can't keep track of them. I don't, I don't have a list per se, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, anything from just small one, one off YouTube videos that mm-hmm. people want to put together to, um, to your feature and we're making a, a friend of mine is putting together a sketch comedy show taco dick a taco dick yeah yeah i wanted to talk about that okay good i wasn't sure if i was going to be allowed to plug it or not but 100 <laughs> you can plug absolutely. it absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah um, talk to us about taco dick yeah i've been just to go back to the other projects i've been on camera and behind the camera mm-hmm. it doesn't matter i just want the experience so yeah um but yeah taco dick i've done a little bit of both uh, help set up some shots. Basically, Taco Dick is a uh, sketch comedy show. It's uh, just absurd comedy. Uh, NSFW, uh, not safe for work. Uh, it's very adult content. Um, it's uh, just graphic and goofy and insane all around. So it's fun. How many episodes are on YouTube right now? There are two episodes on YouTube right now. Yeah. Uh, the third one is coming in the next couple of days, actually. So You can search for it by looking for Taco Dick. Now, with an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Now, you probably what? don't. Probably don't need it. You probably don't need the exclamation point if you search for Taco Dick. It'll come. Oh, up. you might be surprised. 
Um, so how many episodes, like how long has it been? What's the spread? Like how many weeks or months between an episode? A couple of weeks. Usually about two weeks between each episode. It's been a little more for this one. Mm -hmm. I feel like the first one maybe came out in, in September or August. So it's been, so it's a couple weeks. Two to to three weeks in between the episodes. Okay. Come on now. Let's do it faster. We're going to try. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Brian's really good at turning around the the Listen. content so he yeah. the kettle should not call the other kettle and we, yeah once the black kettle <laughs> should is there some sort of saying about yeah, black. calling somebody black i'm not yeah, sure yeah. but something about it's against the rules in canada now yeah you really shouldn't tell people to hurry up <laughs> is what i'm trying to get shut at. your mouth jay okay. uh, fair enough yeah episode three is coming amazing it's gonna be good and i'm in i'm in episode three on camera quite a bit more than i have been in the last episode so okay, that's cool. exciting for me is something I'm not used to really doing. Favorite favorite moment? Um, the one, the one sketch that I'm in primarily is uh, basically we're going to introduce a new party game to the world. You can play with your friends. Uh, I'm not going to give too much of it away. Going to make you watch the episode, but it's going to sweep the nation. This new game. Uh, get ready for it. Okay. Oh, shit. Amazing. Okay. So now, what is in in terms of film? Where would you like? Now, we'll just preface this by saying that Mike Lindsay is moving. I am moving. He's moving far away from us. He's moving to a colder place than we are. He's moving to a savage place. Rustic. Yeah. Rustic. Wild. Quiet. New Brunswick. I'll have to wake it up. Yeah. <laughs> so with that in mind desolate <laughs> nothingness 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 so with that in mind what what where would you like to see your filmmaking a hobby you know what i mean but the thing that you really enjoy doing but right now where would you like that to go what would you like to do with it um if i had stayed around here i would keep growing with uh the crews that i've met mm-hmm. and just do more um hopefully on camera do more acting do more uh, crew work um, out there. There's a, a film community. Um, the industry, Moncton, especially near where we're going, is a, a growing economy all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a film community there that's growing. I'm going to check them out, see what what I can jump into. If um, you know, if I don't have a job lined up there, my I'm, we're moving because my wife uh, is getting a job, uh, so I'm going to follow her. Um, Wait, so I'm going to have See, some I time. Just, I just gave the the cool, like, okay symbol. Now, yeah. I, I hate to stop you here, but uh, time out. Mm-hmm. The okay, you are not being a white supremacist. Right? Yeah. This is a thing. <laughs> we, just need to, we just need to say, listen, I did the symbol that has been culturally relevant and non-political for... For people that are watching the show. Hundreds of years. <laughs> you guys both know that you know. Yeah. And have you heard that the OK symbol is like the white for stands for white power? I've heard that. I don't. Yeah. I don't subscribe to that. I. But you know. I know it's like it's like white power. Do you know? Do you know why it'll never work? Why? Because this, for the longest time, has been I'm all good in diving. Yeah. Right. And in, you, in water, like if you give a thumbs up underwater, means, you means we got to go up top. I'm going up. But this means I'm all good. So they can't take it because it's already been taken. Yeah. Now, if you're underwater and you're like, I'm a racist. <laughs> get alligators coming at you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, untime out. <sighs> so yeah, so I'm going to check out the film community in Moncton and see what I can jump on board with. If people need help, mm-hmm. um, maybe I can get a job doing it. Um, That'd be cool. 
That would be amazing. So, so if not, sorry, I'm just saying, if not, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'll make my videos, still post them on YouTube, do whatever, and then do a scan. What would, what would be your ultimate dream film situation? I don't know if I've ever told this to anybody out loud, but I've always wanted to be an actor. It's been a goal for a long time, even when I wasn't doing it, um, doing my night security or whatever. Um, just being a part of film. I like the whole process of films. I don't want to just go on Kimmel and get the glory and be a, a multi-million dollar movie star. That would be a nice bonus. But I like the whole process. I want to, you know, doing many takes and the putting in the hard work. I just something I enjoy. So if I could get to that point where I could be a real actor and make movies mm-hmm. as a career, that would be that would be the dream. That's amazing. But if I have to do it as a hobby, so be it. That's mm-hmm. it's gonna be awesome. So. I mean, that's amazing. People in Moncton, look out! Yeah. Don't look mm-hmm. out. I mean, look for him. <laughs> get him. Yeah. Put him in things. He'll be there. I'll be reaching out. Mm-hmm. Hey, cool. So I want to uh, now. Can we? Uh, I'd like to talk about um, Mike the writer. Mm-hmm. Want to hear the process a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Let's jump in. Now I'm gonna move back. Just a hit. Okay. Now, you were saying that your 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 dad's been writing, and he kind of inspired you mm-hmm. after after retiring to give this a shot. Um, now, when did you the story that you told us about? You don't have to divulge too much. Um, but um, when did you come up? Have you had this idea for kicking around for a while, or is this something that you've kind of stumbled into? It's. Uh, I think I started writing in 2013 or so. Give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, I started writing screenplays. Um, I have about, I don't know, a half dozen, twelve, like eight or ten screenplays that are like thirty pages long and then get scrapped. But um, it's a good, it, it, but, uh, hey, it's good start. practice. It's good practice. I sure. started. I was. We were driving to the cottage once, and uh, I was in the passenger seat, and I just had an idea and just started. Started writing it, and then that's. I kind of grew my skill from that. I learned how to actually. Uh, actually format screenplays into the proper rather mm-hmm. than just a, a rambling word doc. Right. Um, I don't know how I came on the idea of the novel that I'm writing now. It's uh, basically, it's a period adventure uh, set uh, basically involving pirates. So if you like pirates, check me out soon. Um, I don't want to give away too much right now, but don't, uh, don't do it. It's uh, don't do it. It's going to be an adventure novel uh, rescues, Ship to ship fighting, um, you know, slashing through the jungles with swords and and other things. Other things. There's a twist. It's not a twist, but it's a, a feature of the novel. Is, a feature of the novel that yeah. that is that is not normal. Right. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, Thank you. We were. We were. Just it is talking. great when you. Sorry, when yeah. you first told us that, I was like, man, if you had sort of a rapport with a big studio and you went and you gave them the log line. They would be like, "Yep, yeah, let's do it." <laughs> so, so get the book written. Yeah, so it's it's get very cracking. close to being done. I need yeah. to finish my move and finish some other things that are going on in my life that I won't get into. Yeah, uh, and then knuckle down and give it the last rewrite and polish it a bit. It's the story is all done. It needs a little bit of tweaking to be finished, and then we can. So the story is later. kind of written. Story's done. Yeah, the novel. The it's all it's all basically down. I wanna oh. I wanna go through it and give it some more. Uh, heft, uh, yeah. Give it, yeah, you know, bring the, 
get the wonder going a bit more. We're very excited. That. Yeah, because yeah. the thing is that you're not in those initial in those initial runs. You're not really too worried about about the sentence structure. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're more worried about the broader strokes of the story and stuff like that. But once those are done, then you can go and you can like. So give us give us a rundown of like. When you started, together, yeah. Yeah, how, how did it come together? Tell us a little bit about your process. So I, I haven't done any schooling for writing. I don't know like the theories of writing or anything like that. So I just started telling the story and I spent a long time going over, like I'd write a, a couple of sentences and I would go back and rewrite them and edit them up until they were awesome. Mm-hmm. And it took years to get like a quarter of the novel done and this was taking forever and i didn't want to do it mistake and, yeah <laughs> and it was horrible so then something clicked i don't know if it was i think i was just googling you know how to write things or look just learning about structures and writing things and i it came up that i should just blast it all down it's going to be garbage get it get something from the beginning and then do the rewrites. Get the whole thing down, and that's what I did. So I think it was... Uh, Blasted through to the end. Man, I'm, Very good. I'm going to hatchet this quote, but I think it was um, Ted Elliott, the guy that wrote uh, Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. and like Aladdin, mm-hmm. said, uh, don't get it right, get it written. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. The first draft is not going to be polished. And, and a favorite writing quote, which is Ernest Hemingway, mm-hmm. the first draft of anything is shit. Yeah. Or everything is shit. Yeah, something like that. All... Is shit all so is shit yeah, that's where i am now it's just going through the couple of re- I mean, i've been handing it off to some people mm-hmm. um, to give it a read through and see where there's obvious errors or plot mistakes and things have like that. you so, given it to your dad yes what did he say he enjoyed it oh shit <laughs> yeah he's uh, did he give you did he give you points yeah Pointed? he gave me some he gave me some advice and uh did he cry he was like now you are a man uh he may have I didn't not not uh, not in person. Well, fair enough. We uh, yeah. So. He sent cool. you the, he sent you an email saying I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, we talked. I mean, okay. Talk on the phone or in person. Yeah. I, uh, he sends me his rough drafts and I'll go through them and do some editing and mm-hmm. look for for some guy that died earlier in the book to still be there or whatever right. or mm-hmm. just any, anything that's weird. We gotta we gotta knock those out and he, he does the same for me. So we cool. Yeah. It's a cool partnership. Find the red herrings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or put them in. Add them in, yeah. Yeah. This is this is very cool. I'm pretty excited. This I I uh I've only known one other person that's written well, okay. I guess I've known a couple people that have written some books. One was uh the mother of uh, an old friend of mine. We met him at a bar once. Mm-hmm. Uh Steve. Mm-hmm. His mother wrote a book about her dad and her uncles in World War Two. Okay. I remember. Um, uh, another kind of buddy of mine who was an old like internet acquaintance wrote that book You're Not So Smart. Got crazy, crazy popular for a while. Hmm. Did a big podcast, did a bunch of TED Talks and speaking tours and stuff like nice. that. Um, and then um, another gent that uh, I met recently has written uh, self-published two books and put them on Amazon. Um, so pretty cool. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's changed the game. Amazon Amazon has changed the game for, for a lot of writers. Yep. Because you can do it yourself. Yeah. You can get it out there. And this is what we have done in the movie world, is what self-published people, you know, this, we, we are self-distributed. Yeah. 
you know and so it's the really the same thing you you you're making it available to people on an international scale and then you are pushing you're pushing people to your buy button right and if it resonates yeah and people word of mouth and talk about it and especially pirate stuff it's very exciting yeah self-publishing is as you say a game changer but it's also a bit of a double-edged sword because um, if you've gone that route, a lot of publishers won't we'll never touch won't you. take your stuff. Yeah. Just because it's so available, yeah. anybody can self-publish anything. Oh, yes. And a lot of it is not the best. Some mm-hmm. of it's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is you, the thing. It's, it can it'll be, oversaturate the market for it'll, sure. It'll be every, and it does oversaturate the market. It, it'll be everything. So yeah, my dad self-published his first novel, but then he couldn't bring the second one in the series, the third one in the series, couldn't bring them to a mainstream publisher. Because they so were like... he's he's stuck, not stuck right. necessarily, but he's committed to now, self-publishing the rest of that run. If he writes something else, you think they'd unique, be they'd be interested? He could, yeah. He was uh, he was shortlisted for an Arthur Ellis Award um, for oh. his first um, in the first first novel category. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think. So you can, and, and you would think and, that a publisher might. Take the second and third, you and think, then republish the first. Yeah, maybe maybe in a few years once the. So for his first novel, he was shortlisted for an, yeah. the Albert Ellis Award. Arthur Ellis. Arthur Ellis Award. What yeah, is this? What is this award? It's a Canadian writing award. I don't know if it's just for mysteries or if there's a mystery category. Um, but there's you know best best mystery novel, best whatever novel, right? Best first novel was the category that he was in because it was his first time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's writing. cool. And so. he and and still he struggled to get a publisher, hey? Yeah. Wow. It must be tough, hey? So, but he's his book is set in a real town in Ontario. It's a fiction story. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he goes to markets and um, conventions and things around that area. So the people in the area love it. They right. it sells in the grocery store in that small town and the bookstore locally. <laughs> so he's always going up and refilling the shelves. That's cool. Uh, and farmers markets and things. Look, so it's you know, it has a draw. There, there, there is something to be said as a marketing strategy yeah. for as- attaching your creative works to a real place. Let me yeah. tell you something. We got into the Muskoka Film Festival yeah. with my Huntsville Muse. That's right. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I, I love it. First of all, good luck. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. We really want to see Congratulations it. on getting married, too. Yes, thank What's you. married life like? How long has it been now? It's been July, so a couple of months. Um, yeah, we've so... been we've been together for 15 years. So we just, between school and work and life, we haven't done the ceremony yet. So mm-hmm. we finally, finally knocked that off the list nice. of things Good. to do. So now we bought a house, so we're... Uh, crack, yes, you bought, off the list. Oh, you bought a house in, in New Brunswick? Yeah. yeah, he sent his wife... Come on. He sent his wife to New Brunswick. Well, she she went. She went. <laughs> and um, We were we were together for 15 years. We were married for three weeks and she moved out, essentially. Right. So. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to New Brunswick. Yeah. If you want to follow me, you can, but... Yeah, uh, she sent him pictures of the house that she bought. So she, went, she was out there uh, with friends and uh, just... So she could take some time is she off from, from Is she from New Brunswick? She's not. She took a, a road trip out there with friends a few years ago. Fell in love with the place. She's gone back on a road trip for two or three weeks every summer for the last six or seven years. Wow. Made friends. She's got knows lots of people. Yeah. Knows the area. So. And she's a nurse, a nurse, right? Yeah. And they need them out yeah. there. So mm. yeah, it's a good opportunity for her. So, so you're in. Yeah. You're not fighting for a position here. Yeah. 
which is pretty it's pretty saturated down it's here, just isn't here it? yeah there's lots of uh lots of nursing colleges and mm -hmm. they just every semester there's more and more in the market so mm -hmm. it makes it difficult so one thing that we like to ask our guests on our show is uh for their three top desert island movies mm. so you know you're you're stuck you gotta watch the same three movies over and over again what are what are your faves I was trying to think. I've, I kind of figured you might ask me what my favorite movie is or something. So I was thinking of what I could possibly say while I was out watering my dad's plants today. Um, I didn't really get anywhere. But uh, there's a couple of movies that I have already watched over and over and over again. Um, one of them is actually Super Troopers. Mm -hmm. I just I love those that crew, the Broken Lizard guys. Yeah. Um, when I watch that movie, I watch it three times in a row. Holy back smoke. Back. Yeah. Because I watch it once on its own, and then I watch it with one set of commentary from the half the cast, and then I watch it with the other set of commentary from the other half the cast. And I just love hearing their mm -hmm. their take, their experiences on what happened. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen that movie. Doesn't I had a I had a PSP that I I haven't worked at this place for a long time, so I can say this. I used to watch it at night sometimes, watch movies on it, and that little disc of Supers is burnt out. It doesn't play anymore because I watch it so many times. So. Uh, do you know how fast you're going, Meow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Super Troopers, I could watch. I could watch a million times, and I have. Cool. Uh, City Slickers. Oh. Uh, that's Good movie. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, is that in City Slickers? Is that? Uh, I was outside trying to milk your cow, and I was tugging and pulling and pulling and tugging and tugging and pulling. Nothing, and nothing came out. Yeah. The cow's name is Norman. Norman, yeah. Norman the cow. <laughs> is that right? Is yeah. That <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's, I'm actually trying to uh, do some research. I wanted to go on a cattle drive when I'm 39 before my... I realized I'm like three years off being as old as Billy Crystal's character was in that movie. So it's a little frightening, but... Whoa. Yeah. <sighs> but if I can He's go... in his 40s. I heard I wasn't going to bring it up. But... Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> old guy. That's fine. Yeah, City Slickers. What's the third one? I will say, while you think, we watched, um, with the boys, we watched 13 Days. Have you seen mm -hmm. that movie? Mm -hmm. Kevin, Kevin Costner. It's like uh, the about the Cuban Missile Crisis, mm -hmm. JFK. I have not seen it. It's really good. but uh, Back when movies were just great. It was directed by Oliver Stone. Oh, classic. And... Um, I was like, I don't know what he's doing these days. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Because he Throw was, that in the he was kind of known as... He was... I mean, he was... The best, right? Yeah. Well, he was certainly one of them. Like, he did... He, Natural Born Killers. Making Quentin Tarantino really mad. Because mm. Oliver Stone wanted to do his own... He wanted to have input on the creative process. And Quentin Tarantino does not want anyone to change anything of his. Yeah. So I, I think that's why he took his name off the off the movie. But um, but a great director. I think Sunday, uh, any given Sunday, mm. oh, I think it was Oliver Stone. Snowden. Oh, interesting. What's the last thing he did? What is that? I mean from? Snowden, the the Putin interviews, but uh. but Snowden. Okay, that was Oliver Wall Stone. Wall Street, right? money never sleeps. W World Trade Center, Alexander. Mm. Any given Sunday. Yeah, Alexander. Nixon, Natural Born Killers. JFK, that. The Doors. Born on the 4th of July. Wall Street. Platoon. 
Oh, he was platoon. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. But so... uh, any... I feel like I should say something important, like some well-known movie, but I'm, I'm going to cop out and say Die Hard. Yes. Uh, just... It's, it's one... I can watch it every Christmas for the end of... The rest of my life, and I'll be happy. Yeah. yeah. So, just a, just something that came to mind. But wait, what I was going to say was... Sorry. Yeah. What I was going to say was that we watched it, and I was like, I think I'm going to give this movie to Adrian if he mm. wants to watch it. And Anne was like, you don't want to keep it? I was like, no. I don't think... Like, it was great, but I think it's one of those movies that you watch once, twice, three times in your yeah, life, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. if you... And I think I'm... I think I've seen it enough times. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's not... Uh, it's not the losers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a question I had. When you asked about Desert Island movies, yeah. I thought, you know what? Should you take into account that you might need something with a bit of sexiness in it? I was it thinking of that. Like, I to, should, get you, to, get, I? To, to get you to... Well, there is that moment in Die Hard. A little bit, yeah. Is it a little bit? When they're mm. busting through the uh, offices, yeah. Yeah. You gotta be real fast on the guys having sex with the lady in the office? You can put that on pause and that'll... Yeah, I'll help you over the well, edge. What was your second one again? Not oh, Super Troopers. Uh, City, City Slickers. Yeah. I mean, there was that time he was milking the bull. <laughs> milking the bull. <laughs> okay, no, that's amazing. That's uh... and uh, Lindsay, we we're so we we're so happy that you could be involved with Shifted. You yeah, really, you, I'm really excited to. You were. Be and see it. And... Yeah, you were so instrumental in keeping us rolling. Yeah. Well, I, so I, thank I you very remember, much. I even remember. I think I talked to Mike about this uh, when we had dinner, but even uh, one of the, when we did the reshoots, mm-hmm. not the reshoots, but uh, the second pieces this year, um, you know, when everything's going wrong, it's nice to have people that are just like, I can just go and do the thing that you need me to do mm-hmm. right now. It's going to be okay. You know, mm-hmm. we'll just keep chugging along. Mm-hmm. This is what you need. This I'm going to carry this over here. Like people with, great attitudes are the amazing to be on set yes amazing amazing so thank you my pleasure thank you okay well that's it for this week's episode we're gonna that's it for this week's episode which episode is gonna come first this one or rugby one don't know okay rugby one rugby one okay well then i'm gonna cut this part out all right everybody i'm not gonna cut anything out (laughs) (laughs) who's got time for that all right so listen everybody grab yourself in the crotch Dream big. Work hard. Okay, we got to do it again. You okay. have to say something inspirational. Something. Yeah, okay. weren't you listening to Hayden? Yeah, she yeah. likes to play with her toys. I like, okay. I like playing with Nana and Papa in their, at their house. <laughs> yeah. He was listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, dream big, work hard, and then you say something inspirational that's meant to oh, carry people through the dark times. Yeah. Dream big. Work hard. It's always darkest before the dawn. That's it. Cliche. Yes, that was good. Oh, it was, but it's. I mean, those are the ones that are true. Thanks for watching. First frames first. Yes. First frames first. Thank you, Jason. Welcome. If you enjoyed, head over to our website, www.thefableforest.com. Check out our films and sign up for our newsletter where we will send you exclusive content. Hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, always at The Fable Forest. And share our show with your friends. It'll really help us out a lot. Dream big. Work hard.